He's gay. I mean, he's gay. Excuse me. He's blind. If you're at lunch, or if you have no appetite, now is a good time to switch off the radio. It will not be pleasant listening. Welcome to the Lawrence Ross Show. You sound a little taller on radio. A two-hour weekly exploration into the mind of a man who calls it like he sees it, but he can't see his audience. So what if I'm blind? At least I don't have to look at your ugly face. Want to interact with this fool? You need a fucking Call or text the comment line. 813-602-2715. Hope you enjoy the program, because no refunds will be issued. And we'll do it live. I took a course in Hallelujah. I went to night school for the Lawrence Ross Show. What is happening, everybody? Hope you all had a great Christmas. Hope you all had a safe New Year's 2021. Here we go. love that song anyway thank you everybody for tuning in if you would like you actually might may have heard the little uh, thing in the promo but i'm now actually able to take phone calls for the longest time this program for some reason we had to do a thing where if you wanted to be on the show you'd have to text a number I'd have to kind of look at the screen somewhat, <laughs> best way that I can, and then I'd have to dial you up. Well, not anymore. Now you can actually dial me up, and I'll actually be there to pick up the call. I don't know why we didn't think of this earlier, but found a way. And the number is the same. Uh, it's 813-602-2715. That doubles as the text line as well, so if you don't want to... Uh, call in you'd much rather text you can text goes to the same number same thing it all works out it's all beautiful anyway ladies and gentlemen hope you've enjoyed yourselves these past couple of weeks i've missed doing this it's nice to be back behind this microphone chatting with you guys and uh hopefully uh 2021 will uh, give us uh, better things than 2020 ever gave us because I was reflecting on uh, 2020. Well, hang on. Before I get to that, I just want to send out a couple of acknowledgments to people who have liked the uh, Facebook page. Facebook.com forward slash L Ross 1987, by the way, is where you can check it out. Wait, what that? <laughs> Why was it not there? Oh. oh, there we go. Take two. Thank you to Amber Rose, Brian Gope. Pap, Gopet, Gokpet, I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce your name, sir. Uh, Tony Lichtweez, hope I'm saying that right. Billy Hale, 
and uh, Tyvon Coleman. Thank you, everybody, for liking the page thus far. Up to 461 likes. So thank you, everybody, thus far who has liked the page. And uh, getting into, well, I just want to announce something real quick. There's a brand new item within the store. It's a T-shirt. And it's a picture of me. It's an, it's an old school picture of me. It's from like 2016. And I'm wearing long sleeves. And uh, I uh, and the picture's been modified a little. It's been touched up a little bit. At the top of the picture, it says, I don't see color. Then it's got my picture. Then below it, it says, I see character. And the word character, each letter for the word character is a different color. So that's kind of cool. And then it says Blind Lawrence. And then on the back, I want to I want to have them reprinted so that it has on the back. It says search the Lawrence Ross show on iTunes or Spotify. It's like a little, you know, because I'm trying to make billboards here somewhat. I'm trying to get the word on any way that I possibly can so that hopefully one of these days, hopefully very soon, ladies and gentlemen, with your contributions, with your help. Uh, you'll be able to hopefully help me get out of Leavenworth, Kansas. That's the ultimate goal for 2021 and beyond. I just, I, I, I want to be out of Leavenworth, Kansas. I've had it. I'm fed up. There's just, there's some stuff that I can't say on the air yet, but in due time, hopefully everything will Work out. If you want to get those shirts, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, T-E-E spring.com forward slash stores forward slash L Ross 1987. And it's right there. It's a brand brand new uh, brand new thing. And the artwork was the artwork was designed by a gentleman named uh, Jan Ross. So thank you very much for your artwork and uh, and uh, be on the lookout for your shirts because what happened was here's a really strange thing I, I went I went to go send a show mug uh, uh, to a friend and then when I launched the IC character campaign I ordered two shirts for the artist and uh, uh, the artist uh, and his girlfriend well it turns out that in my haste of entering in all the information I, I, I made I made a slight error and accidentally also sent out two medium sized t-shirts to this other person but but don't worry I'll I'll, I'll, I'll get it I'll get it all rectified I mean like hey I mean you know uh, we'll, we'll I'll get it all taken care of and uh, everything will be uh, copacetting after that all right well ladies and gentlemen uh, getting into the uh, gosh you know the uh, 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 well, I'm not exactly how to how to wrap up last year. Real well, I, I took that back. I'll, uh, but anyway, uh, in uh, so on the 11th after the program, I basically just yeah, I, I I basically just like hung around the apartment and just really didn't didn't really do all that much. I, I I've been doing that for quite some time because it's the holidays and it's kind of quiet around here, which is nice. But you know, so uh, so. You know, I was, I was reflecting on some stuff that I didn't get to in the 2020 year interview, which I'll be getting into in a moment. But first, I just want to uh, just uh, just uh, I just uh, talk about the holidays real quick. Uh, very sentimental. I'm a very sentimental kind of guy. So I, I, I enjoy the uh, the holiday season. Like enjoy Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas. Christmas was nice. Uh, basically watched uh, Family Guy, which is what I've been doing a lot these days. Uh, also, uh and uh, basically just been trying to figure out how to get out of Kansas, really. Leavenworth, mainly. Uh, 
I mean, anywhere out of Kansas would be nice, but preferably, I mean, if I can get an 11 worth and into another place, then that would be great. Then, yeah, but anyway, I'll get to the 11 worth thing a little, uh, uh, at, at a later date, ladies and gentlemen. I can't get into it now. But what I can tell you is this. So Christmas, so like a couple of days before Christmas, I get a message on my uh, Facebook for my friends saying, do anything New Year's Eve? I'm like, uh, no. And then Christmas morning comes and I get a call from my friend. This is uh, Holly, by the way, who uh, uh, she's been on the program before. She talked about her uh, trailer uh, that she's uh, trying to. Uh, 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 she, she has a Facebook fund uh, fundraiser currently. Holly's trailer mold disaster fund. I don't know exact fundraiser. I don't know exactly how else to abbreviate it, but uh uh, it's, it's, it's out there. I mean, it's, it's, it's in the archives of our page somewhere as so, somewhere in the page in archives. There's, there's a thing that says, Hey, check out this thing. So I hung out with, so hung out with Holly on new year's Eve, actually. And it was, it was, it was really, really nice just hanging out with her. Uh, we went to this, a uh, nice little, uh, nice little place in a uh, Leewood. And, uh, the name escapes me because it was one of those moments where I didn't even, where I didn't even want to know exactly where I was. I just wanted to relax and enjoy the holiday, which is exactly what we did. We spent uh, the day enjoying uh, food and enjoying uh, television. Uh, was watching uh, South Park for a while, and then we switched over to uh, Netflix. We switched over to uh, Sherlock, the BBC version of it. There are a lot of really cool reincarnations of uh, Sherlock Holmes over the years. We all know of the other uh, books, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Uh, but what a lot of people don't know of is that there's a re- there's a really good radio adaptation. I think it was on NBC. I think I'm not exactly sure, but Google search uh, Sherlock Holmes, John Stanley, and that's that's the one you'll want. You can check out. Matter of fact, archive.org has a lot of episodes from from the John Stanley Sherlock Holmes radio era. So you can check that out. You can hear uh, uh, him as Sherlock Holmes. He does a great job with it. Uh, Basil Lockman, no, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Basil Lockman does, uh, uh, he puts a really good, uh, uh, Dr., uh, Dr. Watson, and, uh, it's just an all-around really great cast, and it really encapsulates the story nicely, and it's, 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 re- it's re- really good stuff. Matter of fact, one of the things I like to listen to every New Year's Eve is an episode of Sherlock Holmes, the other uh, radio adaptation, and... It's find the clip. Okay, yeah, this this is a clip from the episode. The episode is called the episode is called New Year's Eve off the Silly Isles, and there's a part in the episode where a guy's describing a pyromaniac exiting a boat, and this is what he says as he's leaving the boat. And he's a pyromaniac, so it's the story about a ship called the Gigantic. There's an explosive placed on board. Sherlock Holmes has to find it or else the ship goes sky high. I don't want to say what else happens in the story, but go check it out for yourself. Archive.org, ladies and gentlemen, is where you can check that out. And so basically just, uh, yeah, so basically just been... uh, uh, basically, just been uh, watching a lot of uh, Hulu. Just been watching a lot of Family Guy and getting into uh, uh, getting into uh, Bob's Burgers a little bit. 
because I because it's hard to believe the show came out ten years ago, and when the show first came out, I wasn't really in it. I'm like, man, how is this show on the air? I'm, I'm not really into it. And then and then I started watching some of the episodes. Like, hey, you know, this show actually isn't all that bad, really. And there's there's actually there's a funny tie in with the series Archer that relates to uh, the show Bob's Burgers because. H. John Benjamin, the guy who does uh, the voice of uh, Bob on Bob's Burgers, also does Archer on the show Archer. <laughs> and he's also Carl on Family Guy, for the Family Guy fans out there. And of, of which, ladies and gentlemen, I, I want to... Uh, of which, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, I want to play this. Uh, let's see. Did I even save it? I hope I did. No, not that. Uh, dang it. Oh, there it is. Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. I, I, I saved it in a different name. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, last time when I talked with you all, I was, I had a bunch of Christmas observations, Christmas observations, and of which, uh, got, got a, uh, got one coming down the line here in a little bit. But first I want to play this because I don't know why I just, I, I, uh, uh, I, I, I totally neglected to play this during the last show, but in all the various uh, Christmas song uh, uh, analyses uh, analyses that I did, uh, I neglected to play this great clip from Family Guy where <laughs> just just the title cracks me up. Norm Macdonald reads "Twas the Night Before Christmas." <laughs> And I just I, I love Norm Macdonald. I mean, I, I love his delivery. His his delivery is great. Ah, yeah, hey, this is uh, this is uh, Norm Macdonald here, and uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I play an alcoholic uh, a pigeon uh, with uh, Mike Tyson uh, in a cartoon. It's actually uh, really funny, and that's where you end. Uh, there's a clip from that show in the intro where the guy says, "So what if I'm blind? I don't have to look at your ugly face." That's Mike Tyson from the first episode where he's walking somewhere and it's really dark. But nevertheless, here is Norm Macdonald reading Twas the Night Before Christmas, and, I'll, and, and I will remember to play this on the last show of the year. So don't worry. I, I figure I'd just go and just sweep, you know, pick up a couple of pieces left over from 2020 because there's some... But anyway, here we go. We now return to Twas the Night Before Christmas, as read by Norm Macdonald. Twas the Night Before Christmas. Wait, wait, twas? What's twas? Is that short for it was? What kind of rush are you in, man? You can't just say it was. Oh, you saved a lot of time there, fella. Oh, don't come at me with that it was stuff. I got things to do. Got to get down to the donut shop. You know, two days ago, I was at the donut shop, and I said, hey, donut guy, you got anything warm back there? He says, try the fritters. They were. They were? What does that even mean? They were. You must mean twer. The fritters twer warm. What's that? We're out of time. Oh, I'm fired. <laughs> oh gosh, I love that. Oh, that's 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 great. That's that's lovely. Oh, that's a lot of fun. Oh gosh, that's such fun. All right. Now, uh, uh, all right. Now, all right. Want to play this? Because I don't know why I'd, uh, as a result of time constraints, I just didn't get to it. But uh, last year, March of 2020, to be, uh, yeah, uh, March 18th, 
2020, by the way, which was a Wednesday, just so you know. Uh, radio lost a gentleman by the name of uh, Scott Ledger. Scott Ledger was a uh, radio personality many different markets. He was in Florida for a very long time. Matter of fact, my favorite, one of my favorite stories that Scott Ledger ever told, and this is one of them. He and and he told me this story because we bonded over our appreciation for Phil Hendry. And for anybody who maybe knew the show, Phil Hendry is an incredible radio talent. You got to check him out. He's a really awesome guy. He's been on the show several times. Uh, Phil, happy new year. Hope you get your mug soon, man. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, uh, the uh, yeah, so so Scott was telling me the story about how back in like July or August 94, whenever 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 this was, whenever whenever uh, whenever Orlando, whenever Disney opened up uh, the uh, um, the Tower of Terror ride, they, they had this big big grand opening and they had Radio Row. Now Radio Row typically that's typically reserved for the Super Bowl. And Radio Row, they had this big big setup where all the radio stations who have agreed to participate in can just uh, do their thing in their own little sections. Uh, and they're all right next to each other but they all got headphones on. So 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 nothing nothing bleeds over to anything else thankfully. And Scott is over on the is okay. So, so what you got is you got Scott Ledger. He's over there doing his thing. Hang on, let me get the music here. Uh, let's see which one. And at this time he's doing. Uh, this time he was. So, all right. So Scott Ledger, as I said, he was a radio guy here in uh, in Florida. Then he moved to. Uh, then he went to internet radio. He went to. Uh, RadioIO.com. He hosted a show called Dangerous Conversations, but I'll get into uh, but I'll get into this in a second because I got a little sidetracked. But anyway, so picture this scene: it's Radio Row, 1994. It's Orlando, Florida, and off to the left. Oh, oh, shoot! And off to the left, you got Scott Ledger, and he's probably doing something like this. Probably something like this. False start, false start. Wasn't ready. All right, here we go. And Scott probably did something like this. 98 Rock Tampa Bay. 98 Rock Tampa Bay with your boy Ledger. Coming up tomorrow at 6 a.m., call Seabass and Marlowe. the ninth caller. You get tickets to the offspring. Check it out. It's going to be an awesome show. Here's some Skinner for you. 98 Rock Tampa Bay. Something like that. And off to his right is Phil Hendry. And Phil's doing his thing. He's talking into the phone. He's he's doing his whole thing. He's having a ball over there. And Ledge's just periodically cutting in, doing his breaks, and then he comes back and then he turns the mic off, all that stuff. And when he got off the air that day, as he was walking back to his hotel, he was thinking to himself, he's like, Man, you got a lot to learn, brother. And he eventually learned what he needed to learn, and he eventually uh he he started he was on 98 Rock forever in a day. Then he went to uh, a sports talk radio station, which I have a story about that. But I want to get into this because, uh, uh, so Ledge, 
was, as I say, he was on radio in Tampa for a while. Then he got a job with RadioIO.com. RadioIO.com back in 2011 brought on the Bubba the Love Sponge program, which in turn gave us the Shannon Burke show and thus gave us Dangerous Conversation with Scott Ledger. Now, Dangerous Conversation, it was it it was it was like it was an informative show. There were a few light parts, but it was very informative. And the message was don't believe everything that you hear. Don't believe every, you know, everything that you see. Question everything. And I may not have all the answers, but I'm just giving you my opinion and I'd like to hear yours. And so so they had this diverse little panel of people who had various opinions and things of that nature. And uh, and uh, being involved with the Bubba the Love Sponge uh, program, as I was back in the day, I was able to interact with uh, Ledge uh, several times. Very nice guy. And uh, actually had Ledge on the program a couple different times. Uh, the first excerpt, first excerpt you're going to hear is one we had him on as like an interview subject. In 2015, June of 2015, by the way, June 12th, and in this excerpt, I asked Scott, what's the secret to the success of, you know, like, like, like the overall layout of the program in regards to, say, like an interview subject, like, like, like I said, Scott, is there, is there any like interview subject that really sticks out with you? And he said this it depends on the category if you're talking entertainment and music and stuff like that you know daryl mcdaniels run dmc for 90 minutes talking about old school hip-hop but then you get into neuroscience and you know someone like cara santa maria where we talk everything from near-death experiences to uh you know ayahuasca and the experience of the inner experience inside the brain and then you go to people that are pushing the paradigm like dennis hoff you know, uh, you know over there in nevada with legalized prostitution so i think the inner interviews have a lot to do with the topics it's not anyone in particular but i will say honestly and i I have to pay kudos to both brad friedman and jason burmas because they were my regulars and they never mailed it in every week they brought great content Uh, i didn't kiss their ass and what i loved about it is they didn't kiss mine either and so those regulars are what make a show great yeah but it is the it, I, the the thing I'm most proud about when it comes to dangerous conversation is there was no topic that was off the table, so we could talk anything. So it has a lot to do not necessarily with the specific person you talk to, but how edgy the actual content, what specifically you're talking about. And if you look at you know the three almost 300 interviews I did on that show, you'll see that we hit to almost every field there was. There was nothing truly outside the box. All right, so there we go with that. Now. This excerpt, uh, because I had heard, because uh, I'd heard the story for years, I'd heard a Brent tell it on Bubba, and I wanted to hear it from the man himself, so I asked Scott, hey Scott, tell us about the time when you were on your way to a, a sports bar, getting ready to do a radio show, and the sports bar had left political stuff on, and the people at the bar were saying, hey look man, you want to change that station, Ledge is coming by to do his show, man. And that request fell on deaf ears, and he and so Scott went to do his uh, show. Saw Bush was on, and well, it led to this. So here we go. I was doing a night show at six twenty. The Sports Animal. By the way, this is uh, this is a story. This story takes place in two thousand October of two thousand six. 
the sports animal just a, a show called out on the ledge uh, i had a decent crew of people we did some sports talk about three nights a week we were preempted by live sports probably twice a week the same time he was on the channel uh, he was talking about he was he was talking about terrorism and i don't know if you remember but there was i think it was one of the new york yankees or someone uh, there was a plane that flew into a building uh, somewhere up the Hub, hudson river I remember when this was. This was in, I think it was yeah. like 2006. It was like October, yes. I think. Yes, okay. And uh, and, and, ju- and just to let you know, that guy, he actually, the, 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 the baseball player he's talking about, he was on Mike and the Mad Dog like two days prior. He got this big argument on the air. And then, of course, two days later, what happens, the, uh, 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 the plane crash. And then of, co- then, of course, the whole backpedaling thing of like, you know, we did not know that this would happen. I said, isn't it funny how they could get a video of a Cessna hitting an apartment building, but I still don't have any decent real footage of the plane hitting the Pentagon because they had 85 cameras surrounding the Pentagon. So I kind of went off on a little bit of a rant, and that rant happened on a Tuesday, and I got fired on Friday. So there you go. So, so that, that, that was that. So, so, so going by the timeline, that was Tuesday, October 10th, 2006. And then he says he was fired on Friday, which was Friday the 13th, oddly enough. Now, this is just uh, one more from the interview, because I really like this, because this this is the kind of guy that Ledge was. Ledge was not the kind of guy who would say, you know, who would, you know, who who would just passively listen to you and then just say, okay, yes, that's interesting. No, no, no. If 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 he if he felt something was up with you, he'd kind of sniff you on on it. So. Here's here's an excerpt in which uh, here's an excerpt where uh, where he and where he and Thomas, former contributor to the program, aka uh, Thomas, aka Waterhead, former contributor to the program, again do a little interesting conversation about uh, drug culture. Here we go. I'm all about religious freedom. Be and pray to whoever you need to. I've said this thousands and thousands of times. I don't care who you pray to. I do care what it turns you into. That's more important. And the same thing with drugs. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not, I never tell anybody you should do a drug, but God damn it, you can't tell me I can't. The people that want to do drugs... Sometimes the weak ones need to do drugs and they need to die out. Wait a minute. What? Just because I want to uh, do mushrooms or, or do acid, that makes me weak? Explain yeah. that. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Well, what makes you think drugs or uh, THC can never kill you? Alcohol can kill you. Aspirin can kill you. Yep. All right? You can overdose on aspirin, but you can't overdose on cannabis. So, you know, the whole idea of people that want to experience their own ride on their own terms doesn't make them weak. It makes them stronger. They're actually saying, fuck you. It's my path. I will choose what I want to do. Stick your nose in your own dugout. That doesn't make somebody weak. And in fact, I consider those people far more emotionally strong because they're willing they're willing to stand up to the status quo and say no thanks I'm not going to be another sheep I'm going to do what I want to do I like being the black sheep so fuck you that's true when when it comes to things like shrooms and marijuana that's fine I'm mainly talking about the drug laws we have dealing with amphetamines and what drug Thomas what drugs have you done give me a list I've done none Oh, so you have so you have no opinion. Basically, you have an opinion. Now, wait a minute. You have an opinion about drugs, but you've never done any. Right. Yeah, that's incredibly hypocritical, isn't it? <laughs> 
Oh, gosh. But anyway, now, this is an excerpt. This is the last excerpt that I have in regards to Ledge. But it's very nice. Uh, back in 2014, a bunch of us uh, gathered together in uh, in beautiful Flo- in 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 uh, in uh, Inglewood, Florida. Nice little resort we were hanging out at, and uh, I was there. I did the show live from from the hotel room. It was great. It was a lot of fun. A lot of people there, and Scott was there, and uh, uh, we were just talking back and forth about radio and this, that, and the other, and then. Scott said something really nice about the guy who founded RazRadioLive.com, Sean Respiton. I figure, eh, I might as well go ahead and play it. So, here we go. From the words of the immortal Scott Ledger, here we go. John Raz, the whole reason we're here this weekend. Um, his dad did radio in Philly for years, you know. Hey, it's time for the Motown Top 40, you know. <laughs> you know, everybody has roots, and Raz has his roots, and Raz, you know, he kind of found me on io and sent me uh he was one of the original uh, i guess you could say satellite producers who found me a guest or two he sent me songs to play and our hearts melded together he was he was what all human beings need to be questioners open-minded thinkers uh you know now they call us conspiracy theorists because they have no other name and they and they and they try to put us in a box but guess what you know physics and 9-11 i'll challenge you any day all day with that and sean raz did that and regardless of of how it's affected his his personal life or my personal life you know what this is what pushes conversation forward Right here, this piece of electronics didn't exist in 1980. There was no way this channel could have existed way back when I got my start in radio. And the most beautiful part of what I see happening in front of me is I look around and I see Amber over here. She does her own show. And I see all these people. You know what? I see the forward progression of consciousness, the forward progression of people asking questions. And you know what? I sit back every night and I go... It may not work perfectly financially for us right now. You know what? But trailblazers, that's our job. Our job is to push the question. The results are murky. The the response is negative and angry. But guess what? Fuck you. The double tall boys. God bless. Sean Raz. Yeah! And Raz Radio. Woo! Because it's not about talent. It's everybody has talent. Everybody has ability. Everybody has uh, charisma. Uh, we all need to be nudged in that. But you know what? It takes balls to stand up and say, you know what? I disagree. I'm in a room of followers, and I disagree. And that is Sean Rass. There you go. There you go. Could not have said it any better myself. And, uh, yeah, so it's it's still a shock to me that he's gone. I mean, it's a shock when I found out about it. I mean, he was only 58. Only 58. And I remember, I think the last time I heard him, like, on a radio with an earshot was back in 2016. I went to go get my hair cut one morning, and I'm waiting, I'm waiting, and, uh, and, and, uh, and then all of a sudden I hear Scott on WRBQ talking up a couple records or, like, you know, whatever it was he was doing. But it was really cool. It's really cool. Really cool again, that. All right. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Okay. All right.
Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, going to be getting into the uh, sports. Uh, okay, going to be getting into the uh, sports section here in a little bit. Uh, right now, as a matter of fact, want to talk about something pretty uh, serious. As a matter of fact, uh, some, some, something that's uh, something that's something that's. Why well, wouldn't you say? Well, it's a vi- it's it's a very touchy subject. I guess you could say it's a bit of a touchy subject. And uh, oh wait, hang. Hold that. Yeah, all right, come in. All right, what is up? Oh, all right, uh, all right. Uh, okay, I'm going to step away for a couple minutes. And uh, you guys just enjoy uh, this guy. What do you think, sir? Water. You got it. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Hit the music. From Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports. What is up? A tremendous Friday. Future, one of you in Los Angeles, I am Jim Rome. Hope you had a great New Year's, great Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Boxing Game, he floats across the pond. Coming up in about 15 minutes, Isaiah Thomas will be joining the jungle. It's going to be a very exciting interview with Mr. Isaiah. Can't wait to talk to him. Now, I was asked to do something over the uh, holiday break, and we got it in the can, but I decided to go ahead and just do it live as well. So there's like another version of it. Now, clones, I'm going to be talking about something that may involve a mass tune out of some of you. Some of you dudes cruising around in your sled. All that stuff. Just to let you know that I'm going to be talking about the 12 Days of Christmas. The song, The 12 Days of Christmas, which my wife Janet likes to play at full volume, by the way. And clones, save me your... Rome is whipped smack. Save it, because I'm not reading it. Now, as I say, as I said, I got 10 minutes, so I really got to wrap this up. I got to make this kind of quick, because I got Isaiah Thomas waiting in the wings. You do not make a legend like Isaiah Thomas wait in the wings. You do not make the man from Indiana. You don't, you don't put him in, on terminal hold. You just don't do it. You don't do it. All right, here we go. 12 drummers drumming. You talk about drums. Come back drummers, man. If you have a Mount Rushmore with drummers, who would you have? I would have Neil Peart from Rush. I would have uh, Keith Moon from The Who. Richard Christie from Child, Child Walls of the Damned. And give me a little Steven Adler from Guns and Freaking Roses. There you go. Now, clones, don't send me your who I'd put on my particular Mount Rushmore of drummers because this is a sports show, not a show for you jocks to sit around and bang your heads to the metal effect. It's not that kind of show. All right, go down the list. 11 Pipers Piping. All right, now, clones, save me all of your smoking the hippie lettuce smack, all right? Just because a few states have actually legalized the hippie lettuce doesn't mean I want to read 14,000 emails that come from, say, George in Ottawa asking about 
Hey, Romy, want to spark the leaf? You will get this. Fuck! Fuck! All right. All right, go down the list. Ten lords a-leaping. Wait, hold on a second now. So, what does that mean by lords a-leaping? Like, what are they doing? Are they practicing their rebound shot? Are they practicing if they're going up against LeBron James? Are they practicing if they're going up against Shaq? Or are they practicing as if they're going up against Allen freaking... It's just practice Iverson. That's right. That's why they're jumping so much. Nine ladies dancing. All right, now, clones, let me just stop you right here. Save me your I'm sticking the dollar in the dancer's G-string smack. Fuck! Fuck! Because that is exactly what you will get. All right, just got a text here. He says, hey, Ven Smack, I like seeing nine ladies dancing, too. Signed, the guy at the strip club. War, taking out the guy who microwaves fish in the microwave. All right, you're blocked. Fuck! Fuck! That was a triple U. It was unfunny, unreadable, uninspired. It was very unoriginal, too, I gotta say. I've read so many emails and texts from clones talking about Fish Guy. You know what Fish Guy is? Fish Guy is that guy. He's that guy who stinks up the break room with his microwave tilapia from the night before. It's exactly what that is. All right, eight maids of milking. All right, clones, I don't want to read your maids are lactating tweets and or emails because you will get blocked and you will get ran. Fuck! Fuck! Just the way it goes around here. Seven swans are swimming. All right, let me ask you this. Are they practicing for when they see Michael Phelps, the dolphin? Who, by the way, Michael Phelps is a great guest in the jungle. One of the greatest guests we've ever had. Smart man. Great guy. Gonna be great. All right. Six geese are laying. All right. What exactly are they doing? Are they laying down or are they just or are they just dropping eggs and clothes? I don't want to read your getting laid smack. That is old. It's tired and it's boring. All right. Then we go to five golden rings. All right. Check that. All right. Check that. You know what's really good? You know what's great to have more than just five golden rings? How about a couple of Super Bowl rings? Like, how about Pittsburgh? Freaking Pittsburgh! It's great. Four calling birds. What do they call this show? 1-800-636-8686. The birds have a take, and guess what? It doesn't suck. Which is great. Three French hens. Wow. All right. Now I'm starting to wonder where I put all these damn things. Three French hens. Who do I give them to? Do I give them to my lady friend? Do I give them to the coworker, Or do I give them to the boss? I don't know. What are they supposed to do? All right. Number two. Two turtle doves. What exactly, what exactly is a turtle dove, clothes? I don't really know what exactly a turtle dove is supposed to do. What it's supposed to be. I don't know if it's beached or something. But what I do know is this. Nothing goes better than watching turtle doves than a glass of of sapphire red. Me and my wife Janet every Friday night enjoy a nice crisp glass of 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 sapphire red. All right, coming at number one, a partridge in a freaking pear tree. That is great right there, partridge. 
Gray edible right there. That that's great. All right. You know what? I knew it would happen. Dear Romy, somebody should have told me about that damn partridge in the tree. Side Sonny Bono. All right, you're blocked. Block! Block! Sonny Bono's smack on this show is over. It was never funny in the beginning. And I'll tell you this. It sure isn't funny now. It is not funny, clones. It ain't funny. All right. Stay tuned after this. Got Isaiah Thomas coming up. And then coming up, George Foreman. Jim Rome Show, CBS Sports Radio. Oh, there we go. All right. Oh, I'm back. All right. Well, hope you guys enjoyed that. That was uh, Jim Rome. And uh, let's see what's this here. Okay. Here we go. All right. Now, I want to uh, talk. Well, the only other thing I really have is that... Uh, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, uh, they're play, They're going to play against... Well, I'm not sure they're going to be playing against. they got a bye week this week. I don't know who they're going to be playing next week, but we will find out. But it's going to be fun. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a lot of fun. I know they lost their last game. I know it happens. Hey, you can't win them all, man. You can't win them all. And speaking of uh, sports, I want to play this because I found out about this. I was listening to uh, another radio program, uh, Clusterfuck. It's on uh, iTunes. Uh, it's uh, um, uh, uh, it's uh, twitch.tv forward slash cluster F show. Just search cluster F on uh, on uh, iTunes and or Spotify. It'll pop right up. Hosted by this guy, Mike Waters. I really enjoy him. He's a funny dude. And he has a character on the show named uh, Ned. Some old, uh, um, uh, an old fella. And, uh, the, and, uh, and they were talking about this. And I wanted to track down the original audio because I thought the bit was really funny. But uh, the original audio is good to have as well. Uh, because I think it brings up a pretty serious uh, topic, and that is the uh, divide in this country, the racial divide that we are still, unfortunately, having to go through. But at any rate, this is, uh, this is Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless from uh, Undisputed. It's like a month ago. It's just, it's just, there's been so much other stuff happening. But... Uh, Mike McCarthy, who used to coach the uh, Green Bay Packers, I think he now coaches the uh, Cowboys, I believe it is. I think it's the Cowboys. And uh, so uh, he, so when he and uh, when he and his team were in Minnesota to play the Vikings, like the night before, to motivate them, he took watermelons and started smashing them. Kind of like an homage to Gallagher. But Shannon Sharp did not see it that way. And you can disagree with Mr. Sharp all you want. You can agree with him all you like. You can meet him halfway. But there's one thing that I respect. And that is this man's passion. So let's hear what this is all about. Anytime you have black people in your presence, watermelon has a negative connotation. Yep. Now, I'm not exactly sure why it has such a negative connotation connotation but i can understand why i can understand why people have issues with certain stereotypes i get it continuing let it go Mm. let it go things that were acceptable many many years ago even though it wasn't acceptable it was tolerated it's unacceptable it will not be tolerated i think basically what he's saying is that the paradigm has shifted yes you can say this that and the other but that doesn't mean that years later, what's going on is going to be considered to be socially acceptable. I mean, there are. I mean, 
I mean, there's even debates about like how to discipline your kids. You know, there's certain psychologists, like one psychologist says, use your hand. Another one's like, another psychologist says, no, don't use your hand. Use an object. It, 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 br- it brings more, it brings more of a, it's more of an effective uh, disciplinary uh, tool. Either way, getting back to this. Find another tool, another mechanism to motivate your players, black players. If you need somebody, a white man, smashing watermelon to get you motivated, you're in the wrong line of business. Mm. It's not funny. It's not cute. I don't get these young guys anymore. I really don't. Because ain't no way in hell. Mike Shanahan, Dan Reed, Wade Phillips, any of my coaches could have ever brought a watermelon. And what? And you think that's cool? And he bragged about it. Hey, we're going to keep this on the hush. Mm-hmm. He openly talking about it. He did. First of all, when I saw the watermelon coach, what you doing with that? If you ain't going to a picnic, mm-hmm. if you ain't going to a cookout or a barbecue, Man, you better not have no watermelons coming up in there talking about we smashing this. I don't know what Mike McCarthy was thinking. Yeah, you know, yeah, that 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 that's actually that's actually a really good point. That's a good point. I don't know what he was thinking, and he also goes on to say, you know, the players who were just standing around watching, you know, what was their reaction? I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's it's yeah, and I agree with Shannon in regards to change your motivation style, like. Like, say, like, if I'm Mike McCarthy, and I have a team of football players, I'm not smashing watermelons around to try to motivate them to say, hey, guys, we got to get Minnesota tomorrow. I'm, I'm, pro- I'm I, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm probably, I don't know, uh, uh, probably what I'm doing is, uh, I'm probably painting the footballs purple, and I'm probably saying, okay, guys, imagine all of these footballs I'm going to throw at you. Imagine that as a player for Minnesota. Now, go get them. Do what you got to do. That makes more sense than just taking a sledgehammer and just smashing a watermelon as if, and, and what I heard was that I think he had like faces of the opposing players on the watermelons. Like, I mean, I get his point in regards to trying to smash them in the mouth like it's smash mouth football, but I mean, in today's society where now it seems as if you, if you even say Black Lives Matter on social media, People will jump down your throat for it. You can't do that sort of thing in society today. You just can't. It's it's not acceptable. It's 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 insensitive. And there was a story. Gene Wilder told this in one of his books. He uh, uh, he was in, of course, Willy Wonka, and he went on to star in a couple of other movies. With uh, Richard Pryor, you know, Weevil, see no evil, uh, stir crazy, uh, and just you know, they, they, they were you know, they were great pairing together. But I think during, during what I read is that during the filming of Stir Crazy, one day they were all hanging around having lunch, and then they finished up lunch, and a couple of the crew members, a couple of the camera guys, decided it would be fun to, uh, take some sliced up watermelons and throw them around a little bit. Throw them around the room. And one and one watermelon slice landed right at the feet of Richard Pryor, who promptly got up and left. And from the story goes that days later, Richard came back to the set all happy, and it turns out the person who had thrown the watermelon was fired. Because... Because I think 
because I think Richard was saying, hey, look, you know, that's a stereotype against African-Americans. And yes, I may do a lot of stereotypical stuff, but hey, look, I have a limit, man. I have a line. And I got to I got to think this was after his trip to Africa because he took a trip to Africa after after this trip to Africa. He vowed to never say the N word ever again. And he kept that and he and he and he kept that. The only time he ever would repeat it was 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 when he did that routine because that was part of you know that was part of the dialogue that he had with this gentleman. He was he was in a hotel room. No, he was in a hotel lobby waiting to leave. And he said and the story goes that he'd been there for about three weeks and he's in the hotel lobby, he's getting ready to head out, and a voice says to him Look around you. He says, okay. He says, what do you see? And he describes what he sees, and the guy goes, do you see any... Yep, fill in the blank. And Richard goes, no. And the voice says, that's because there aren't any. And then he thought about it. He's like, oh my gosh, you know, I've, I've said it so many times in my act, and specials, and albums, and public performances, and man, I, I haven't said it in three weeks. I, 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 I really got to change my ways. And so he did. He did. But uh, uh, another thing that I heard was that, uh, was that supposedly Richard Pryor, he had a real big ego. Like, uh, like, like he, he would take a helicopter to the set of the movie because he, because <laughs> he was the star. Which, it makes sense. It makes sense. But, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, it's like, Anyway, all right. What else do I got? Uh, let's see. Could get into. Let's see. What do I got? I got. Let's see. What do I got? Okay. No. Let's see. Hang on. That. Close out of that. Uh, let's see. Let's see. I do have. Let's see. Oh. Okay. Uh. Well. Oh boy. Uh. Well. I would like to uh, talk about this real quick. Uh, today is the last day that you will see Alex Trebek hosting Jeopardy. They had originally mapped it out uh, uh, because, uh, well, I'm going to get this. Uh, wait a minute. Where, where, where was the clip of that guy? I thought I had a clip of the guy. Where, where's, the, where's that dude talking? All right. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Uh, we'll get it. All right. Uh, but yeah, but as we all know, we lost uh, Alex Trebek 2020 as a result of uh, pancreatic cancer. And so in accordance with his final wishes, what they did was they uh, uh, they ran 35, 35 episodes slated to run. And I honestly thought that the last time you'd see him would be Christmas Day because I'm doing the math. I was doing the math in my head, and then it was, and then, uh, and then today I saw that uh, today would be the uh, final time that you would see Trebek on TV. So I want to play this. This is a, this is a nice little, uh, this is a nice little tribute that the uh, producer, one one of the producers, of Jeopardy, uh, did after his passing. Where is it? Uh, stuff for this week. No, no, no. Wait a minute. Wait a second. Hold on. <laughs> no, no, no. Where is it? Where is it? 
There we go. Got it. Got it. I don't know why I didn't have that queued up. But anyway, yeah, it's 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 the end end of an era. The era of Alex Trebek. And I figured I'd just go and just run this nice little thing that the uh, producer said about him. And then uh, I'll probably go to break. But anyway, uh, well, here we go. One One last hurrah for Mr. Alex Trebek. I'm Mike Richards, the executive producer of Jeopardy. Over the weekend, we lost our beloved host, Alex Trebek. This is an enormous loss for our staff and crew, for his family, and for his millions of fans. He loved this show and everything it stood for. In fact, he taped his final episodes less than two weeks ago. He will forever be an inspiration for his constant desire to learn, his kindness, and for his love of his family. We will air his final 35 episodes as they were shot. That's what he wanted. On behalf of everyone here at Jeopardy, thank you for everything, Alex. So there you go, folks. A legend will be seen on television no more but i'm i'm but i mean maybe, maybe you probably have to uh, like look up uh maybe you probably find like stuff on youtube maybe the game show network probably has some old episodes in the uh in the archives well anyway ladies and gentlemen this concludes the first hour of the program wait a second what the heck uh-oh oh okay stand by What the? Wait a second. How come it's not playing? Hold on. What the? What the? Wait a second. Hold on, hold on a second. This is weird. What the? Wait a second. Hold on. <laughs> I thought I... Oh, what the heck? This this is so this is really bizarre, because I th- thought I had the darn thing ready to go, and I guess not. This is so crazy. What the heck happened here? Damn this thing! Oh, there we go. Sheesh, man. For 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 some reason it wasn't firing properly. Sheesh. Try to go to break and look what happens. All right. Well, this is the Lawrence Ross Show. Stay tuned because on the other side I got radio history. And I'm going to be doing, and I'll be doing a little karaoke too. So hope y'all stay tuned for that. This is the Lawrence Ross Show. Back after this. Thanks for listening, everybody. This show is about making the people happy while you enjoy whatever has been selected for the great. Lawrence is stepping away from the microphone to fill up on his leftover Taco Bell. Nobody going to bathroom for about 35, 45 minutes. The Lawrence Ross Show will return after this. Seven lonely days and a dozen times ago I reached out one night and you were gone Don't know why you'd run What you're running to or from All I know is I want to bring you home 
So I'm walking in the rain Thumbing for a ride On this lonely Kentucky back road I've loved you much too long My love's too strong To let you go Never knowing What went wrong Kentucky rain keeps pouring down Here's another town that I'll go walking through With the rain in my shoes Searching for you In the cold Kentucky rain In the cold Kentucky rain Photograph to some old gray bearded men sitting on a bench outside a general store. They said, Yes, she's been here, but their memory wasn't clear. Was it yesterday? No, wait, the day before. Finally, got a ride with a preacher man who asked, Were you bound on such a cold, dark afternoon? As we drove on through the rain As he listened, I explained And he left me With a prayer that I'd find you Kentucky rain keeps pouring down And up ahead's another town That I'll go walking through With the rain in my shoes Searching for you In the cold Kentucky rain In the cold Kentucky rain In the cold Kentucky rain Oh, the world's own original hard love story and all time 
it out on the street Standing in the doorway I was a dealer known as Pete But he sold me a diamond summer super fine Dynamite from Mexico I spent all that night just trying to get right on a house of oregano Then you think you see trouble Well you're looking at the man uh-huh. Oh the world's on the ridge and a hard luck story And a hard time lose a man Then you think you see trouble Well you're looking at the man uh-huh. Oh the world's on the ridge and a hard luck story And a hard time lose a man Then you think you see trouble Well you're looking at the man uh-huh. Oh the world's on the ridge and a hard luck story And a hard time lose a man Then you think you see trouble Welcome back to the show. Who's in charge over there? Want to get involved in the program? Ain't nobody got time for this. Call or text the comment line. 813-602-2715. Get off the phone with me, you wacky prick. This is the Lawrence Ross Show. Now back to our regular programming. RadioLive.com Also on iTunes and Spotify Search The Lawrence Ross Show Who's enjoying the Stones? Lawrence Stones By the way, this has been in three different movies by Martin Scorsese And in chronological order Goodfellas from 1990 Wait all three movies have featured Joe Pesci. No, 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 wait, no, no, I take that back. I take that back. But the, uh, the movies that have featured uh, the song Give Me Shelter by the Rolling Stones are uh, Goodfellas in 1990, Casino in 1995, and The, and, uh, the Departed in 2006. Some people say it's a little overused. I disagree. I don't think it is. I think it's really good. It's a classic tune. Now, now I played some Elvis and I played some Jim Croce for y'all because I like both performers. And today would have been Elvis's birthday. He would have been, gosh, let me think. Let's see, 88, 86. King would have been 86 today. But he died at the age of 42, near the toilet, on the toilet. But, uh... And uh, this is a couple of clips here of uh, Elvis, kind of, kind, of, kind of rarities as it were. First, here's a clip of him trying to record the song. He's doing the song uh, Can't Help Falling in Love, and he uh, messes it up a little bit. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I think unplugged. <laughs> Take two. All right, here we go. He had the thing unplugged. Uh, no, he, he messes the song up. Here we go. Like a river flows Surely to the sea Darling, so it goes Some things are meant to shit Hold it <laughs> What would happen? Hold it Hot damn tamale How's that again? Some things are meant to <laughs> Oh gosh Hey, not everyone's perfect and here's a clip of Elvis holding a press conference, and I don't know if the people are cheering because it's Elvis, or they're just nervous, 
because of some of the stuff he says. But anyway, right, here we go. I don't pay attention to rumors. I don't pay attention to movie magazines. They don't read them because they're all junk. I don't mean to put anybody's job down. I'm talking about they have a job to do and they got they got to write something. So if they don't know anything, they make it up. You know. So in my case, they make it up. But I hear rumors flying around. I got sick in the hospital. Well, I was. You know, in this day and time, you can't even get sick. You are strung out. Oh, oh by God, I'll tell you something, friend. I have never been strung out in my life except for music. When I got sick in the hotel, I got sick here that one night, had 102 temperature, they wouldn't let me perform. From three different sources I heard, I was strung out on heroin. Oh. I swear to God, hotel employees, Jack, bellboys, freaks, you carry your luggage up to the room, people working around, you know, talking, maids. <coughs> and I was sick, I was, you know, I was getting, had a doctor, had the flu, and I met over one day, it was like, but all across this town, strung out. So I told him earlier, and don't you get offended, ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking to somebody else. If I find or hear the individual that has said that about me, I'm going to break your goddamn neck, you son of a bitch. That is dangerous. That is damaging to myself, to my little daughter, to my father, to my friends, my doctor. To everybody, my relationship with you, my relationship with the people in the state, it is dangerous. I will pull your goddamn tongue out of the roof. Thank you very much. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Even even during a press conference, where he's getting all fire and brimstone esque. At the end, he goes, "Thank you very much." <laughs> I don't know why that it just cracks me up. But I first heard a sample of that on a. Uh, 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 on a cassette that somebody gave me a long time ago it was uh, excerpts from it was on the 27 year anniversary of the death of Elvis uh, this radio show Don and Mike who were syndicated out of uh, Washington they, they went down there and uh, their actions there got them banned for life from uh, Graceland I mean I'm, I'm not exactly sure what they did I mean I haven't heard the entire broadcast but it was that that I think now that I think about it I think Don and Mike was like the first like radio show that I had heard of that was syndicated. But that time I didn't know what syndication meant. I didn't know. I didn't know that there were two dudes up in Washington doing their thing and the show was beamed to various affiliates. It was it was I, I didn't get that concept just yet. I, I don't know why, but I was only seven years old when I first started uh, listening to Don and Mike a little bit. Uh, but anyway, oh, uh, you know, spe- speaking of, oh, speaking of radio, yeah, go here. There we go. Ah, segue nicely. And it's going to, it's probably going to swing back to the music a little bit. So here we go. Get on the microphone in a serious manner. The Howard Stern Show. Hey now. The Phil Hendry Show. I love Hendry. And all the other radio shows in between. Have a bad night. <laughs> it's time for Radio History with Lawrence Ross. All right. Now, I really enjoy origin stories, and this one's no different, and I'm playing it because 
This Tuesday is the 67th birthday of Howard Stern. And I'm, I'm a big proponent of Howard's. Like, love, love his show. Uh, the, the cast is really, uh, you know, really enjoyable. Uh, they get a lot of crazy antics. Uh, plus, they're really, plus, I find them really easy to impersonate. Here's uh, Howard Stern. Hey, now. Good morning, everybody. Good morning to you. Big show today. And, of course, there's uh, Gary Delabate. <coughs> morning, boss. And, uh, you know, you know, I was telling this great story about organizing my vinyl over the holidays. <laughs> really, really, really great. And on and on it goes. But this is an excerpt. We're going all the way back to 1977 when Howard Stern was first getting his feet wet in regards to radio. Now, he had graduated from Boston University with a degree with a communications degree. He had that going for him. He was trying to find a job. The very first radio station that said yes to him was WNTN in Newton, Massachusetts. They said yes to him, but they didn't pay him. He wasn't paid because the guy thought that he was horrible. <laughs> they got, they got, they got, said, uh, uh, and so then, then he, uh, uh, bounced around, couldn't get anything, got a job in an advertising agency, hated it. He was originally offered a job at WRNW, but he turned it down. And then a little while later, like three months later, however later it was, his wife, uh, Allison, who would then be his wife, eventually said to him, hey, why don't you call that radio station back, man? You, you made a total blunder. He's like, eh, you know, you're right. So he called back and says, hey, he's, hey, he says, hey, look, I was a fool for turning that job down. Do you got something for me? And the guy's like, yeah, sure. Come in New Year's Day, man. You're, you're hired. So he's like, all right, cool. So he even he talks a little bit about very first time went on the air when he uh, he went to play a record and the whole board jam it. But it wasn't like in the movie Private Parts where he's doing the college radio thing and he goes, Here's here's Deep Purple on BTU and he drops the records. No, that that that, that was just for entertainment purposes. He actually got a start in radio on the college radio station doing something called the King Schmaltz Bagel Hour. And they did like nine episodes and they got acts like right like 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 while they're on the air, they were like, Yeah, you're fired. <laughs> but so this is an excerpt from Howard when he was on WRNW. This is around, I want to say it's like January. This is like sometime in '77. But here he is giving a weather report. But as I say, I just I find the origin stories to be so fascinating. So here we go. Here, here's Howard Stern from his WRNW days. This is long before the days of uh, prank phone calls and Baba Booey and this, that, and the other. This is when he had to be the straight, reserved, follow the script announcer kind of a guy so this is uh, so here's what that sounded like yeah 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 everybody is a star the pointer sisters on wrnw 107 fm joan armor trading before that and come when you need me 16 degrees in y plains with howard stern partly sunny and cold today is cold an accurate word for description i think it's more than cold i like that word blustery that kind of describes these days. Blustery cold today, high in the low to mid-20s. Increasing cloudiness and continued cold tonight, low in the teens tomorrow. will be cloudy and not quite as cold, with a chance of some light snow at times, high in the mid-20s to near 30. I have a friend who called me up last night and said, Did you hear? There's going to be 10 inches of snow Saturday. You better cancel your party. I'm having a party Saturday night. I'd love to invite everybody, but my apartment will not hold the the massive amounts of audience we have out there. But anyway, they, they call me 
coming up got me into a panic. And I'm reading the weather forecast this morning. Mentions nothing about 10 inches, just a few flurries. Nothing to get nervous about. The precipitation probability, in fact, is 10% today and tonight, 40% tomorrow, a mere 40%. The outlook for the weekend, periods of snow likely tomorrow night, changing to sleet towards morning and then to rain on Saturday and not as cold, 16 degrees in White Plains. So there you go with that. that that's that's always, I don't know, it's, it's, it's always cool to see where somebody starts out and then see where they end up. Now I got another excerpt here. This is from... Uh, I want to say it was January of 96 I think but I but I'm pretty sure it was 90 but I'm pretty sure it had to be 1996 because well just to give you a little backstory this is from the Phil Hendry show this is when Phil was on WIOD in Miami WIOD is a very legendary station and back in the day back in the 70s one of the personalities on the station was Larry King. Larry King. How's it going, everybody? Larry King here for God League. Want to combat bad breath? Want to not have that really bad odor? Then try God League today at your local pharmacy. And just to let you know, Jimmy Johnson couldn't coach his way out of a wet paper bag. And my dear friend Sandy Koufax can attest to this. Anyway. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, so, so... Larry had done some talk radio on WIOD. So WIOD, home of the Miami Dolphins, uh, they they uh, um, uh, they were talking about the retirement of Don Shula. So 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 they so, so they start doing their thing, and then so so Larry has Don Shula on his program, and Don says to a, and Larry said. Don says to Larry, he says to him, Larry, I know we used to do talk radio together, but have you heard your old radio station in Miami? And Larry's like, no, I, I really haven't. Not, 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 you know, I haven't heard everything, but what are they saying? And Don's like, man, there's all these people, they're people calling up, vilifying them, all this stuff. And uh, so, so Phil got Larry King's home number and left him a message as his Bob Green character. Bob Green left her a message, very tearful. Larry, this is Bob Green, WIOD. Can you please come on the show, talk about some stuff that you've said about our station? So they bring Larry on, and Larry starts talking, and in the conversation he says he was in Miami two years ago, and he had said the worst talk radio he had ever heard was on WIOD. And this causes Bob Green, the Bob Green character, to start crying hysterically. <laughs> So then it leads to this exchange. This, this is my favorite exchange of the whole thing. Here we go. I do charities for Cox every year and have made appearances for the Cox people all over the country. Have you raised money? I don't. Of course. Well, that's a shock. If this is going to be contentious, I don't want I'm, to I'm not going to okay? make it contentious by telling you what I feel. There we go. So, and that's off of wow. That that's an old clip. That's on Phil's 1996 album Face West. But if you want to hear that phone call you can hear it in a couple of shows uh march 31st 2000 and september 14th 2005 is when he played that call so you can check that out at your leisure if you'd like and uh now just one more excerpt here from the howard stern show real quick uh jackie the drunk man martling he was often ribbed on the show many times for being cheap and this was no exception and it led in this whole big thing 
And uh, basically, it's seen as Jackie taking advantage of what he had because it, it kind of seemed to some people that Jackie was just, you know, he like any time he was out and about, he would mention something about the show and it would get back to Howard. And it was a whole big thing. But here, here's a quick excerpt from this. This is a, this that this had to be a really tough one for Jackie to sit through. But here we go. Where did you go on vacation? To Miami. You went to Miami, right? Yeah. And what did you book that at the last minute? Yeah. Oh. What hotel did you stay at? The Cardozo Hotel. And did you stay there for free? Absolutely not. You paid, right? Yeah. Did you get a discount for mentioning them on the air? No. No. I mean, they gave me a discount, but not. They, I didn't ask for one. Oh, they did give you a discount. Why they give you a discount? That that's just what the guy told me. So it just went back and forth. Howard was accusing Jackie, basically just using his name and like using his fame to basically get stuff for free or get stuff discounts. And Jackie was very adamant. He was saying, no, I didn't say that I was a part of the show. He claims that he had, uh, um, uh, he, he called up, he, he was trying to find a place for the holidays. Couldn't find anything called around, called, uh, uh called the general manager in Miami said, uh, who, syndicated the sh who was part of the radio station that syndicated the show in miami and he says hey man uh do you know any uh, do you got any leads for a good hotel place and the guy's like yeah sure sure here you go man so and jackie was standing his ground i gotta give him that but and also howard was standing his ground i made for great radio and i'll have another example of uh, jackie martling and his whole and his and his whole uh questionable money skills and this that and the other couple of weeks from now folks so stay tuned on those Stay tuned on those fronts. So I got those. Okay, so I got that taken care of. And uh, now what I'm probably, what, what, what I'm going to do for y'all, going to be, uh, so I played some uh, Jim Croce. So I played some Elvis and Jim Croce earlier. The reason why is because today, January 8th, would have been Elvis's birthday. And Sunday would have been Jim Croce's birthday. And uh, and I'm 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 now gonna do some karaoke for y'all. First, I'm gonna do uh, Elvis. Gonna do In the Ghetto, and then Operator by Jim Croce. And the thing that I didn't know about Elvis was that he uh he he had a twin brother, but the twin died. And let me forget what I found out. I was pretty excited because I learned something new. I'm like, oh my gosh, hey, I go up to my mom and go, hey mom, did you know that Elvis had a twin? And mom goes, that's just common knowledge. I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> well, <laughs> balloons deflated on that one. All right, here we go, folks. Here is, all right. Without further ado, here I am doing a cover of In the Ghetto by Elvis Presley. One, two, three, four. As the snow flies On a cold and gray Chicago morning A poor little baby child is born in the ghetto And his mama cries Cause if there's one thing that she don't need Is another hungry mouth to feed in the ghetto uh, people, don't you understand? A child needs a helping hand But he'll grow to be an angry young man someday 
I take a look at you and me. Are we too blind to see? Do we simply turn our heads and look the other way? Well, the world turns. And a hungry little boy with a runny nose plays in the street as a cold wind blows in the ghetto. And his hunger burns. So he starts to roam the streets at night and he learns how to steal and he learns how to fight in the ghetto. Then one night in desperation, the young man breaks away. He buys a gun, steals a car, tries to run, but he don't get far, and his mama cries. And some crowd gathers round an angry young man face down in the street with a gun in his hand in the ghetto. And as her young man dies On a cold and gray Chicago morning Another little baby child is born In the ghetto And his mama cries One of the saddest songs I think Ellis has ever done. There you go. Takes care of that. Now, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, all right. Now I want to get into this. Uh, another uh, karaoke for you. I hope you all enjoy it. And I've talked about this before, but it's just, I don't know, it's such a very vivid memory to me. It's just, it's something that, I don't know, it's always stuck with me. It always has. I don't know why, but it just has. But when I was eight years old, it was around February of 1996, about four something in the morning. It was like it was it was a school day. It was it was it was like it was it was it was. Matter of fact, I think it was either Valentine's Day or it might have been the Thursday that was our half day. But what I do know, but what I do remember is this. I remember I was listening to a radio station. At the time, they were known as Warm ninety four point nine, Warm ninety four point nine FM, Tampa Bay's easy listening. Tampa Bay's easy to listen to station. That kind of a thing. It was, it was, it was very nice, you know. The, you know, you know, the, the the music was nice. DJs were nice. All that stuff. And so the uh. uh some listen to the station and they start playing Operator. And the song wraps up I'm like, wow, that's a really good song. And they uh and the DJ comes on and she says something to the effect of She says something to the effect of And that was Jim Croce with Operator on on Warm ninety four point nine FM. Stay tuned for Shepherd and Shepherd in the morning, coming up in just a few minutes. But first, here's Phil Collins. Or, you know, whoever. And I, like about like a month or so later, I was at a convenience store with my dad getting a soda. And over the speakers, I hear the song Operator again. I'm like, man, that, that's a really good song. Then about 
like a couple of weeks later, I went to the movies with my parents, pretty much because I uh, I was only eight years I was only eight years old, and uh, you know, so I had to tag along. So I tagged along to see the movie Fargo, <laughs> and at that time, I didn't know who the Coen brothers were. I didn't understand the movie. I didn't know who Steve Buscemi was. I didn't know he gets shoved into a wood chipper until years later. I knew nothing about Fargo, Minnesota, Fargo, North Dakota. Not, you just like drag me to the movies and just like okay just enjoy the movie all right all right okay you got it all right this is it, it'll be fun i'm like all right great so there's a part in the movie where this dude's at a bar or something and he's playing guitar and he's singing and i turn around and I go is that jim croce and my mom clearly not enjoying the movie too much she just goes jim croce died in a hell like in a plane crash i'm like oh okay well that's the end of that mystery <laughs> but over the years, I've really started getting into his music, and I like, and probably Operator's one of my favorites because it's the first song of his I ever heard. And so, here I am. So, well, without further ado, hey, what the heck? <laughs> wait, did, did, oh, wait, did, did I got this thing plugged in? Wait, stand by. Wait, that goes in that port, that in there. Uh, try it again. What the? Why is it? This is so crazy. Ah, oh, jeez. I accidentally, I, I had I had a folder thing open. I don't know. I, I, anyway, here we go. Take take two. Here we go. Doing an operator. Here we go. This is Operator by Jim Croce. My interpretation of it. Here we go. Operator, oh, could you help me place this call? You see the number on the matchbook is old and faded. She's living in L.A. with my best old ex-friend Ray. A guy she said she knew well and sometimes dated. But isn't that the way they say it goes? Well, let's forget all that And give me the number if you can find it So I can call just to tell them I'm fine and to show I've overcome the blow, I've learned to take it well I only wish my words could just convince myself That it just wasn't real But that's not the way it feels Operator, oh, could you help me place this call? Cause I can't read the number that you just gave me. There's something in my eyes, you know it happens every time. I think about the love that I thought would have saved me. But isn't that the way they say it goes? Well, let's forget all that And give me the number if you can find it So I can call just to tell them I'm fine and to show I've overcome the blow, I've learned to take it well I only wish my words could just convince myself That it just wasn't real 
But that's not the way it feels No, 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 no That's not the way it feels Operator Oh, let's forget about this call There's no one there I really wanted to talk to And thank you for your time Oh, you've been so much more than kind You can keep the dime But isn't that the way they say it goes? Well, let's forget all that And give me the number if you can find it So I can call just to tell them I'm fine and to show I've overcome the blow, I've learned to take it well I only wish my words could just convince myself That it just wasn't real But that's not the way it feels I had heard that he wrote that song after he was in the army. He was he was born in Philadelphia, and uh, he uh, uh, born in Philadelphia. Graduated from college there, and he also went to the army for a little bit. And while he was in the army, one day he was at a payphone. And he saw a bunch of the soldiers lined up in the rain, getting ready to make their phone calls. And he was thinking about the person on the other end, the operator operating the switchboard. And so that is what inspired that song. And another, uh, and another, uh, uh, another song that everybody knows by Jim Croce, Leroy Brown, Bad Bad Leroy Brown, was inspired by a man who was in the army with Jim, a guy named Leroy Brown who just liked to uh, mess around and uh, one day he went AWOL and he went and a little while later he comes back to collect his paycheck and they busted him for desertion. It's like, hey man, that's absolutely out. Leave, man. You can't be doing that. But yeah, Jim Croce, man. I mean, everyone everyone likes to say, everyone likes to say, everyone always likes to say, you know, what would it have been like if he was still with us? Can you imagine all the stuff he would have written. Can you imagine all of the songs, like all the stories he could have, uh, all that stuff? Well, that's a nice sentiment, but I've checked out the uh, Jim Croce behind the music documentary many times. And he actually, believe it or not, he was one of these artists who was in the industry, hated it, and wanted out. So he, he was going to wrap up his what was then his latest tour then retire and just uh, stay home with the family and such which it makes sense you know which you know if you're, if you're able to do that then great and uh but that never happened he uh, um uh he uh was in Natchitoches Louisiana if I'm saying that right he was in Louisiana one night doing a show and he uh Got got on the end, uh, so the uh, show wraps up, and he gets aboard this plane. And from what I heard is that the pilot had had a heart attack, and they start climb the uh, so so they're all they're all on the plane. Jim Croce, his piano player, his guitarist, 
and uh, somebody else and a uh, pilot. All five, five of these guys are in this plane. It's, 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 it's a little plane. Takes off. All of a sudden, it hits a beach. All of a sudden, it hits a tree. And then that was it. The, the plane crashed. Everybody died on impact. And so, yeah, just like it's kind of amazing to know that a lot of people really don't know that he was actually planning to hang it up. And he just wanted just to live a quiet life, I guess you could say, which I don't blame him. And you often hear that, uh, you know, sometimes the obscure cuts are just as good as the uh, as the uh, stuff we know, which I happen to think is the case. With a lot of artists, uh, Jimmy Buffett being one of them and also Jim Croce. Here is a song he did. I'm not sure where he recorded it, but it must. But it's got to be a home recording because the quality is totally different from a studio. But here he is doing a silly little song called a pig song. It's a cute little thing. It was early last September, as near as I can remember, while strolling down the lane in tipsy pride. <laughs> Don't know where that is. Not a word did I utter as I lay down in the gutter, and this pig came up and lay there by my side. <laughs> Not a soul was I disturbing As I lay there by the curbing When this high-toned lady come and I heard her say You can tell a man who poses By the company he chooses <laughs> And the pig got up and slowly walked away <laughs> It kind of reminds me a little bit of... Uh, that song about strolling through the park. I was strolling through the park one day in the very merry month of May. I don't know, line, something about a fountain. I forget. But that's off of an album called The Faces I've Been, which is taken from a line from one of his songs. And actually, I didn't know this, but the last song that Jim Croce recorded was a song called Salons and Saloon. And, I mean, it's a nice ending, but I think that the best way, I guess, to have that... Well, it was the last song he had written and recorded, but it wasn't the last song on the album. The last song on the album is called Hard Way Every Time. And it's a... Very beautiful song, but I'm not playing it here. I, I, I don't want to over. I don't want to oversaturate the program with music. I don't want to oversaturate the program with too much here, so I'm just gonna keep it to a minimum here. But that's off of it. Yeah, the faces I've been. Very rare album. I found it on YouTube. Oddly enough, someone someone a while back, because the video is no longer available. What they did was they uploaded the entire album to YouTube as one big file. I downloaded that file. And then individually cut apart each track because it was all split because it was all ran together, and I wanted to like split it up, split it up into each track. So so I had that, and I had I found the track listing the album. So I was working with that and working with that. But it's it's very rare for you able to find it. But there are but like some of the greatest hit albums that Croce put out, that they put out, really good stuff, and. There's a really good song. I have to. I, I I might have to play it one of these days. It's called "The Wall." It's from an album called Home Recordings, and it's all like Jim with like I think he had like a four track 
and a guitar. And that's all he needed, really. And they're all raw recordings. There's no processing. There's no studio trickery. Uh, none of that. It's all just raw, and it's really, really good. So I'm going to have to play that one these days for you guys. The Wall. So I'll be getting to that when the time is right. Uh, but on this, al- on this album, he there's a really good song in there called King's Song, which is really good, which is another one I should play for you some other time. And also, he does a really good cover of Old Man River, which is really good, too. And it's just it's 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 so cool. I mean, like I've 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 always been a fan of his music. I mean, I've, I've, always, I've always enjoyed it, and I will continue to enjoy it. And there was actually hit, that song "Time in a Bottle" was actually written for his then unborn son a, son AJ, who barely knew his dad because his dad died in 1973. He was born in like 72, I think it was, and then in uh, 1985. Uh, Jim's widow Ingrid opened up a restaurant called Croce's and uh, that restaurant has since closed because well I guess keeping up with live music and I, I, I guess I, I guess it just wasn't uh, I guess it just wasn't, wasn't working out but still I mean I, I would have liked to have visited that place that would have been, that, that been pretty cool but anyway alright so now on to this and I'm just I'm curious about something uh, this is this is this was making the rounds before the holiday. The filming of Mich- Mission Impossible Seven was brought down to a very screeching halt. Tom Cruise. Now you got to remember, this is the same guy who jumped up and down on Oprah's couch over and over again, professing his love for Katie Holmes. This is a guy who went on the day it went on the Today Show with Matt Lauer, and called Matt Lauer ignorant over and over again for not understanding Scientology and not understanding the medicine Brooke Shields was taking for postpartum depression and how Scientology had a better offer, I guess you could say. Now here's Tom Cruise with a mask on, by the way, just yelling, and unfortunately it's censored. So it's going to sound like a truck backing up more than just Tom Cruise saying fuck every nine seconds. But it's Tom Cruise berating just berating whoever these people are who aren't following protocol. And again, I said this about Shannon Sharp, and I'll say this about Tom Cruise. Say what you will about Tom Cruise. Call him a nut for believing Scientology. Side with him on Scientology. You can say I'm sort of uh, with him on some subjects, I'm sort of against him on other subjects in Scientology. That's fine. But the one thing you cannot deny from this man is the passion that he has. So, here it is. You're back there in Hollywood making movies right now because of us. Because they believe in us and what we're doing. I'm on the phone with every studio at night. Insurance companies. Producers. And they're looking at us and using us to make their movies. We are creating thousands of jobs, I put it funny that I put it funny that he says he says motherfucker, but they be about mother. <laughs> what the? It's I, I mean they 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 could have simply just left a longer beep, or they just could have said mother beep if they wanted to. Again, I think they should have had the unedited version. I don't ever want to see it again. 
cover. And if you don't do it, you're fired. And I see you do it again, you're gone. And anyone on this crew does it. That's it. And you too. And you too. And you. Don't you ever do it again. That's it. No apologies. You can tell it to the people that are losing their because our industry is shut down. It's not going to put food on their table or pay for their college education. That's what I sleep with every night. The future of the industry. So I'm sorry, I'm beyond your apologies. I have told you and now I want it. And if you don't do it, you're out. We are not shutting this movie down. Is it understood? If I see it again, you're going. And so are you. So you're going to cost him his job. And I see it on the set, you're going. And you're going. That's it. Am I clear? Do you understand what I want? Do you understand the responsibility that you have? Because I will deal with your reason. And if you can't be reasonable, and I can't deal with your logic, you're fired. That's it. That is it. Man. You know, I wonder, as a Scientologist, what is his take on the COVID, you know, on COVID-19? Like, what's his solution? Like, I know he's wearing a mask. He sounds a little muffled in there. But at least he's following protocol. I mean, I will give him that. I will give him that. All right. Uh, real quick. Uh, just want to get into this real quick. And uh, I know I've played this before, but I want to play it again because it's timely. And it's, uh, well... I honestly don't know how much of a shelf life these... I'm not sure how much of a shelf life this bit's going to have because it's about uh, the president. And it's... uh, Where is it? Uh, Not that one. Where is it? There we go. All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Of course, uh, you know... uh, Joe Biden is going to be president on January 20th. And uh, on Wednesday afternoon, Trump just completely lost his mind, of mind, of course. And he was belly aching about Georgia's going to recount all that stuff. This is an injustice. The election was stolen, all that stuff. And, you know, the paradigm didn't, you know, the paradigm didn't really change all that much because in November of 2016, when Trump was first elected president, within that same, like, within that week, you turn on the news. All you see, people supposedly from the left, just rioting, burning stuff, throwing, you know, throwing stuff through windows, beating people up, this, that, and the other, destroying property, etc., etc., now, here we are four years later. The Democrats win, and now the Republicans are acting the exact same way the, Democrat, the, the, the Democratic people were acting. 
But eventually, eventually Trump has now said, all right, there's going to be a respectable change of power, all that stuff. I mean, he just comes across as like a guy who thinks the rules, the rules do not apply to him. They do not apply to Mr. Donald Trump, the man with uh, uh, orange skin and a dead chia pet on his head. But that's neither nor there. This is a rap song I wrote about Donald Trump. It's called Insane the Trump Brain. It's only a minute ten. And I hope you like it. Here we go. I know a lot about Pennsylvania, and it's great. How's Joe Paterno? Are we going to bring that back? How about that whole deal? I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody, and I wouldn't lose any voters. Trump's a fucked up man. And where the fuck did he get that tan? Yo, what the fuck is in his plan? Veterans and fuck you to Islam. Damn, he wants the Ivanka's clan. Yo, he's just going to wreck shit. Ship out the immigrants. Quick, somebody go call Nurse Ratchet. Bah, the sheep aren't thinking. We're sinking. Trump's convinced that a shit's not stinking. Yo, he's got a big ego. And on top of everything, he looks like a Dorito. Yo, I got to maintain. Because a boy like me thinks Trump is insane. Insane in the Trump brain. How about that whole? How about that whole deal? Insane in the Trump brain. How's Joe Paterno? We gonna bring that back? Insane in the Trump brain. Smarter than any of the ideological eunuchs. Insane in the Trump brain. I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody, and I wouldn't lose any voters. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! I don't want to live on this planet anymore. There it is. That is insane in the Trump brain. Somebody actually suggested a while back, like three years ago, somehow that song ended up on the Red Bull official YouTube channel's playlist of liked videos. And somewhat, yeah, and someone actually wrote in the comment section, hey, can you do an extended remix? I'm like, yeah, sure, I did. But the thing is that the overall execution of it really... It really was not all that good, I gotta say. It was not all that good. It it, it was it was it was kind of eh. It was it was eh. I don't know. But oh, just one uh 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 one more thing. So I can't remember where this was, but there's a new list of banned books that are not allowed to be read in schools because. It seems like every year or so, or you know, whenever, whenever there, it seems like at like almost any school, you can find like a list of books that are banned from the classroom because they could present issues. Like uh, I know that uh, Catcher in the Rye has been banned, To Kill a Mockingbird, and another one on the list. Well, let's see, Found Out Four Fifty One: The Adventures of Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn. I do know that, well, another, well, add another one to the list, folks. The K by Theodore Taylor. I've talked about this, I talked about this book before, but I'll talk about it again because I was able to actually find a, uh, somebody posted a video of it on YouTube. It's like a two hour, it's a two hour video. It's about two hours and 40 some minutes. And it's The K by Theodore Taylor narrated by LeVar Burton. Now, that's interesting to note because LeVar Burton played a blind character on Star Trek, The Next Generation. Of course, he played a, a Geordi, I believe was the guy's name. And, uh, well, it's in the main character goes blind. He's this uh, he's he's a bo- he's a Dutch boy named Philip. And uh, he uh, um, his his dad is that works in this oil refinery. And so it's around World War Two. And so he 
So Philip one day goes out to go see the Empire turn coming coming by. And it just and it gets fired on right in front of him and a bunch of other people and it blows up and everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, this is this it's real. It's real. It's really happening. War is going to happen." So he ends so Philip and his mom, they leave for Virginia. They they go on the, they go on this boat, the Hato. And they're supposed to go to Virginia. And so while they're starting out this trip, Philip's mad at his mom because his mom is taken away from all of his friends and his dad and all this stuff. So all of a sudden, the ship gets torpedoed. And next thing you know, Philip gets whammed on the head with something and he wakes up on a raft with this guy named Timothy, this island native looking guy. And several times in the book, he's described as old Negro man, black. So evidently that warrants the book being put on the banned book list. I really don't think there should be a banned book list, if you ask me. If if a teacher wants a student, you know, if if kids want to read a book, they'll read a book. I mean, there was an episode of South Park where they talked about the banning of books and uh, Mr. Garrison's hyping up this banned book, Catcher in the Rye, and the kids want to read it. And like, oh my gosh, yes, yes, we want to read it, we want to read it. It's really good, it's really good. They finished the book and like, wow, this book really sucked. <laughs> it wasn't dirty, it wasn't offensive, it was nothing. But uh, that's, neither here, that's neither here nor there. Uh, but yeah, go check it out. The K by Theodore Taylor, read by LeVar Burton. Really good story. I don't want to give away the ending or anything, but they end up, Philip and Timothy, they end up, oh, and this cat, by the way, Philip, Timothy, and this cat, they all end up on this island called the K. And they basically have to build shelters and all that stuff. And as a result of getting whammed on the head, Philip goes blind. Or maybe it's because he looked at the sun for too long for a little bit, but he slowly adjusts to becoming blind. And then, uh, well, just go read the story for yourself. I, I, I'm not going to spoil it. And besides, this isn't a this, this isn't a book club. <laughs> this 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 isn't, this isn't exactly a book club here. So you know, <laughs> gotta make do with what I got. Oh, okay. Oh, geez, you know, I got ten minutes left. Okay, you know, I I got I got ten minutes left, and I don't have any other uh, uh, comments really. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, like. Uh, you know, I could... Yeah, uh, let's see. Do I get something I could play? Pretty sure by the time I find something, I'll, <laughs> the show will be over. Okay, hold on. No, 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 no. Okay. Well, anyway. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen. Uh... Yeah, that, that's 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 all, that's all. That's all I had, unfortunately. I don't have anything else really, other 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 than I'm just waiting for this uh, winter to subside because now it's getting to the point where there's ice in the ground, there's snow on the ground. Matter of fact, on uh, the matter of fact, one day I was at work on my way out, and I slipped slipped a little bit on the ice. I mean, I, I didn't I didn't hurt anything, but it just it it wasn't fun. And I'll tell you this. Three years ago today, I'll, you know, you know, 
you know, you, uh, uh, you never forget stuff like this. But three years ago today, I was walking out to get my uh, to go to work, and keep in mind, I had boots on, and I still don't know how this happened. Had boots on, was walking out, my left foot slips out, and luckily I was able to catch myself. I almost slipped on the black ice because uh, uh, I was told, hey, that's black ice. You almost slipped on like, oh, jeez. And try walking on black ice, folks. It does not work. Trust me. I think I broke my ass. Well, I didn't. Well, I didn't do that. But it just it, 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 it probably would have led to that if, if, if I had let myself fall further. I think I broke my ass. That's Abe Bogota, by the way, saying that. That's from a movie called Good Burger. And that, that was a movie in 1997 with uh, Keenan and Kel. Keenan Thompson, of course, from Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live. He does a really good Steve Harvey impression. I got to give him that, man. He, he, he does a great, great Steve Harvey impression. All right. Well, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I think that's going to wrap her up. Oh, somebody's here. All right, bring him in. Hello, radio audience. Welcome back to uh, the Lawrence Roll Show, and welcome to 2021. Uh, that was a pretty good show. Thank you. Uh, really enjoyed the, uh, you know, the content, but, uh, you know, I still don't get the Jim Rome show. I still don't get it. You'll get it one of these days. You're all right. Oh, and uh, by the way, I was uh, looking at the uh, pantry. Uh-huh. You, uh, you got all the Pringles in there, man. Yeah, I know. It's, it's really good. Uh, do you want any? No, I'm just saying. And why don't you tell the audience what you've been doing for the past couple of days? Oh, thank you. Yeah, uh, I've actually been drinking water uh, a lot these days. I've I've been trying to stave off the uh, soda, so uh, that's uh, a little something there. Oh boy. Well, you know that's that's pretty much all I got. Unfortunately, I mean I I mean I uh, I mean I mean I don't like the cut the show off early but i mean i might have to in a little bit i, I mean well i don't know i don't know i don't know uh all right all right okay all right well anyway ladies and gentlemen thanks for tuning in uh make sure that you check out the merchandise t-e-e spring.com forward slash stores forward slash l ross 1987 and uh other stuff will be in the credits but ladies and gentlemen, just make sure that you buy the merch because I do receive a little bit of a kickback for it, a little, little, uh, little bit of a profit. And I'm thinking about putting some of the bits up as like a digital download so I can get like a little bit more of a uh, little bit more cash. Hey, every little bit helps, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, remember, if you uh, if you tell a friend and uh, they tell a friend, then hopefully uh, we can get I can get this thing going because. I'm looking to get out of Leavenworth, Kansas. There isn't all that much for me here. I want out of here. So I'm going to need your help to please respond to what it is that I'm trying to do. And hopefully everything will work out. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Lawrence Ross. Good Lord willing in the creek don't rise. Tell someone you love that you love them and mean it. And I will see you all on the radio next Friday. Have a good night, everybody. Be safe. Have a good weekend. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Roll credits.
Take two. Didn't have it plugged. Wait. I got... uh, you didn't have anything plugged in. Thanks, Peter. You are the motherfucking Antichrist. You've been listening to the Lawrence Ross Show. Email the show, blindlawrence at gmail.com. There's a letter in your mailbox. Follow him on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, all ending in forward slash blindlawrence. Be careful of the fucking wall! Check out his YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Lawrence Ross. Become a fan of the show on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Ross 1987 I'll send your shiny happy ass a friend request. Rate and subscribe to the show on iTunes, or follow the show on Spotify. I search Lawrence Ross. Get out and take your sack of your dollars with you. This week's edition of the Lawrence Ross Show Yikes! has just hit the brakes. Keep your ugly fucking gold bricking ass out of my beach community. You lose! Good day, sir! I was making radio shows for fun. Everybody does it. Everybody I know does. Shut up! And baba booey to y'all. <laughs>